0: Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
1: It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street,
2: the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage.
0: from the Bloomberg Interactive Workers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. Coming up this hour,
3: Ukraine says Russia's assault on the Donbass region is underway.
0: Most major U.S. airlines are no longer requiring masks on domestic flights.
3: A top Fed official says a 75 basis point hike may be in play.
0: And Netflix, IBM, and Johnson & Johnson all report earnings today.
4: New York Mayor Adams says the city is not ready yet to bring back indoor mask mandates. Plus, there's a rise in migrants attempting to cross the U.S.-Mexico border. I'd like more ahead.
5: I'm John Sandshower in Sports. Yankees are in Detroit tonight. Mets have a double with the Giants. NBA playoff wins for Philadelphia, Dallas, and Golden State. That's all straight
6: ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app.
0: Good morning.
3: I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by H.C. Wainwright. Register now for the HCW Global Investment Conference, a hybrid event on May 23rd to 26th. Go to hcwevents.com. HCW reserves the right and discretion to accept or reject registration or admission.
0: Well, U.S. futures are lower this morning, and we're at 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down five points. Dow futures, little change. NASDAQ futures down 45. Ten-year Treasury down 11.32 seconds, yield 2.89 percent. Nathan.
3: Karen, we'll have more on the markets in a minute. First, we need to bring you the latest on the war. Russia's assault on Ukraine's Donbass region has begun. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says they will not give up with out a fight. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington.
1: Zelensky said Russian forces have launched a new campaign to conquer the Donbas region in the east of Ukraine.
3: A significant
7: part of the entire Russian army is now concentrated on this offensive. No matter how many Russian
3: troops are driven there, we will fight. Meanwhile, the U.S. military will start training Ukrainian
1: troops on how to operate the howitzers that the U.S. is sending Ukraine. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby. That training will occur outside of Ukraine, and then they will be reintroduced back into their country to train their colleagues. This as the remaining defenders of Mariupol are surrounded by Kremlin forces, but they have not surrendered that key port city. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak.
0: All right, Amy, thank you. Well, President Joe Biden will hold a call with key allies later today to discuss Ukraine. Meanwhile, the U.S. has backed off any suggestion that its officials would boycott Group of 20 meetings this week if Russia takes part. The Treasury Department says Secretary Janet Yellen will participate in some sessions this week.
3: Well, the war has in part led the World Bank to cut its 2022 economic outlook, Karen, and the bank's chief economist, Carmen Reinhart, added she would not rule out further downgrades. In an interview with Bloomberg, Reinhart laid out the downside risks facing the global economy
0: array of disruptions from china's new lockdowns from the impacts
1: uh yet to be fully felt of the russia ukraine war on on food prices on global supply chains and if you know bad came to worse uh could there be another
0: episode of financial contagion
3: World Bank chief economist Carmen Reinhardt says growth will slow to 3.2 percent from a January prediction of 4.1 percent.
0: Meanwhile, Nathan St. Louis Fed President James Bullard said the Fed needs to move quickly to raise rates to around 3.5 percent this year. He also says a central bank should not rule out rate increases of 75 basis points to fight inflation.
3: I would point out that the 1994 uh, Cycle, uh, where we raised the policy rate 300 basis points in a year. And in that cycle, uh, there was a 75 basis point, uh, increase at one point. Um, so I wouldn't rule it out, but it's not my base case here.
0: St. Louis Fed President James Bullard also said that talk of a U.S. recession is premature. Well Bullard's
3: hawkish comments may be piling onto weakness for a traditional haven currency. The Japanese yen is weaker against the dollar for a 13th straight day. It's extending its longest losing streak in at least a half century. Right now, the yen is trading at 128.34 against the dollar.
0: Now, the latest on the pandemic, Nathan, and a major development in the air. The Transportation Security Administration says it will no longer enforce the COVID mask mandate on public transportation. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story.
6: This after a Florida judge struck down the remainder of the mandate, saying the CDC went too far. The TSA says for now it will not enforce a masking mandate. White House spokeswoman Jen Psaki says the ruling is disappointing.
1: We also think the mask mandate should be in place and that it's safer for individuals who are flying to continue to wear masks.
6: Uh, So the major U.S. air carriers have now made masking optional for the time being. Delta, United, Southwest, Alaska, American, some of the international flights will continue to have the mandate for now. In San Francisco,
3: I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Turning to corporate earnings, we hear from more than a dozen companies in the S&P 500 today. They include IBM, Johnson & Johnson, and Netflix. Bloomberg's Tom Busby joins us with a Netflix preview. Shares of the streaming
2: leader have taken a real beating since its last earnings report in January, down about 33%. That follows a disappointing outlook for subscriber growth amid a flood of competition. But key to its first quarter results out later today, the impact of a recent price increase and the suspension of service in Russia. And both could have a negative impact on results. Still forecast call for 2.8 million subscriber ads for a total of nearly 225 million worldwide. Look for earnings per share of $2.91 and revenue of $7.95 billion. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Daybreak.
0: All right, Tom, thank you. On new developments this morning on Elon Musk's $43 billion pursuit
1: of Twitter. We get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Bloomberg sources say Apollo Global Management is considering backing a potential deal for Twitter and could provide Elon Musk or another bidder like private equity firm Toma Bravo with equity or debt to support an offer. The participation would come in the form of credit or preferred equity. A filing from last week shows Morgan Stanley is advised Rising Musk in his unsolicited offer to take over Twitter and to take it private, and Twitter is enlisting the help of Goldman Sachs and JPMorgan Chase to respond to Musk's hostile bid. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak.
3: Okay, Renita, thank you. And a bullish stock call on Musk's current company, Tesla. Kathy Woods, Ark Investment Management, now expects shares of the electric car maker to more than quadruple. To $4,600 by 2026. Kathy Wood has long been an ardent supporter of Tesla and CEO Elon Musk. Tesla is the largest holding in Wood's flagship ARK Innovation ETF. This is Bloomberg. And it's now 5.07 on Wall Street. We're at 45 degrees in Central Park, and we are under a flood watch. It's got the hutch closed from Cross County Parkway to Lincoln Avenue. Details on all the closures coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael.
4: Good morning, Nathan. Now that an indoor mask mandate is back in place in Philadelphia, will New York City do the same? COVID-19 case numbers are rising in several cities. Mayor Eric Adams, who had been quarantining due to having the virus, was asked about mask rules in the city.
5: We are advising New Yorkers uh, to wear a mask, but we're not at the point of mandate right now. We Our hospitalizations are at a steady level, our deaths are at a steady level.
4: Mayor Adams says we are encouraging New Yorkers to wear the mask if you feel uncomfortable. The Supreme Court is declining to wade into a lawsuit filed by four New York City public school employees. It's over a policy that they be vaccinated against COVID-19. A judge has ruled Amazon must reinstate a former employee who was fired in the early days of the pandemic. After leading a protest in Staten Island calling for the company to do more to protect workers against COVID, the judge ruled that Amazon must offer the former worker, Gerald Bryson, his job back, as well as lost wages and benefits. The Biden administration is pledging not to litter in space. Vice President Harris said that the U.S. no longer engage in anti-satellite missile testing in space. Harris explained the testing causes debris and it's dangerous to research and facilities like the International Space Station.
1: A piece of space debris the size of a basketball, which travels at thousands of miles per hour, would destroy a satellite. Even a piece of debris as small as a grain of sand could cause serious damage.
4: Vice President Harris says we are the first nation to make such a commitment and called on other nations to follow. The number of migrants attempting to cross the U.S.-Mexico border has surged in recent weeks. It comes as the U.S. prepares for even larger numbers with the expected lifting of a pandemic-era order that turned away asylum seekers. Immigration authorities stopped migrants more than 221,000 times along the southwest border and marks the highest in nearly two decades. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan.
3: Michael, thank you. Going up to 510 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stanshaw. Good morning, Nathan. First of the game,
5: twos. first round of the NBA playoffs in Philadelphia. Sixers, a second straight route of Toronto. 112-97. Joel Embiid scored 31 in Dallas. The Mavs were again without their star, Luka Doncic. But Jalen Brunson poured in a career-high 41 points. 110-104 over Utah to tie that series at one. Golden State by 20 over Denver. Steph Curry off the bench. 34 points in just 23 minutes, and the Warriors go up to zip. The Celtics, Marcus Smart, named Defensive Player of the Year. First guard to win since Gary Payton in 1996. And Payton went to Celtics practice in Boston to tell Smart he had won. Celtics Nets game two tomorrow in Boston. Rangers on the Winnipeg Jets tonight. At the Garden, Carolina won last night, so the Canes lead the Rangers by two points as they battle to win the Metropolitan Division. Mets and Giants rained out. Single-admission doubleheader starts at 3 o'clock. Tyler McGill yet to allow a run and two starts goes in the opener. Max Scherzer, the nightcap, his first Mets start at Citi Field. Garrett Cole for the Yankees in Detroit. Jake Arrieta retiring at age 36. He's struggled in recent years. Arrieta won the NL Cy Young Award in 2015 with the Cubs. NFL draft starts a week from Thursday in Las Vegas. Been a lot of quarterback movement this offseason. Will there be another move before the draft? Carolina said to be trying to acquire Baker Mayfield from Cleveland, who's got a new QB in Deshaun Watson. Speaking of QBs, latest edition of Made for T V Golf, June first in Las Vegas, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, all four are single-digit handicap golfers. John Stasch, or Bloomberg Sports. Nathan.
3: Is there nothing they can't do? Thank you, John. S&P futures down 6 points. Dow futures down 17. NASDAQ futures down 45 points. The 10-year Treasury right now down 11.30 seconds. The yield 2.89%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, flood watch till 8 this morning. It'll turn mostly sunny this afternoon, breezy with highs in the mid-50s, near 60 and sunny tomorrow. Low 60s, mostly cloudy on Thursday. Right now, rain and 45 degrees.
6: Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
0: And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks in Europe are lower. Bond yields are climbing as markets reopened after a holiday amid hawkish comments by Federal Reserve officials and Russia's renewed campaign in eastern Ukraine. U.S. stock index futures are lower, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures are down about 8 points. Dow futures down 27. NASDAQ futures down 52. The DAX in Germany is down 1 percent. 10-year Treasury down 10.30 seconds. Yield 2.89 percent. The yield on the 2-year 2.46 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down one and a half percent on $1.59 at $106.62 a barrel. COMEX gold is down three tenths percent or $6.20 at 19.8030 an ounce. The euro 1.0802 against the dollar. British pound 1.3035. The yen at 128.32 and Bitcoin is little changed at $40,680. Today we are watching for reports on housing starts and building permits at 8.30 Wall Street time, and Netflix is among companies scheduled to report earnings today. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning.
4: Good morning, Karen. After days of regrouping and reinforcing, the Russian military began a new phase of the war in Ukraine. Ukrainian officials said that the Kremlin's forces launched a full-scale ground offensive to take control of the country's industrial heartland, the Donbass region. Most major U.S. airlines are no longer requiring travelers or employees to wear face coverings on domestic and some international flights. The decisions came after a U.S. judge overturned a federal mandate for passengers to cover their faces. In MLB, the Red Sox lost. The A's beat the Orioles 5-1. In the NBA playoffs, the Warriors beat the Nuggets to lead the series two games to zip. In the NHL, the Devils and Capitals won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg QuickTech. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan.
3: Okay, Michael, thank you. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak on a morning that seems like new phases is uh, turning out to be a theme this morning. The war in Ukraine potentially entering a second phase in the Donbass region. And the U.S. response to COVID-19 entering a new phase on public transportation. Let's get into all this this morning. Bloomberg Washington correspondent Joe Matthew is with us, host of Sound On here on Bloomberg Radio. Joe, let's start with the war in Ukraine. Uh, as we've been mentioning, the uh, president, Vladimir Zelensky, is saying that the uh, new phase is underway now in the Donbass. And we understand President Biden is going to be holding another call with allies to weigh the response.
8: A lot of these calls, the latest one will happen this afternoon with the leaders of France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Canada, Poland, Romania, the UK. They're going to be talking about the war effort and specifically coordinating the delivery of weapons. You know, we've been sending weapons to Ukraine, not just the US, but our European allies now for a couple of months, uh, Nathan, and, and the, the repeated Refrain that we hear from Kiev is we need more, better, faster. A lot of this stuff is taking time to get there. And now that as you point out, President Zelensky is calling this uh, the new phase. The the battle for Donbas has begun. There is a new urgency to get some of the heavier equipment in the hands of Ukrainian forces.
3: Well what kind of equipment, Joe, are we talking about here? We've heard the talk in the past about fighter jets. It seemed yeah. like that was off the table. Uh what 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 sort of equipment could we be looking at?
8: Those fighter jets appear to still be off the table, by the way, the MiG-29s from Poland that never got to Ukraine, although we have been apparently clearing uh, helicopters, MI-17s, which are Russian helicopters. We already gave several earlier this year. More are on the way. But the idea with these weapons, uh, Nathan, is to create some distance. This is going to be a slightly different strategy now as we head into open warfare uh, in rural country sort of areas, as opposed to the street-to-street city fight. Howitzers are a major uh, component of this. The big field cannons that can shoot projectiles at very long trajectories, 25 miles away. These are the types uh, of weapons that we want to get over there now that are actually in transit along with uh, missiles, ground-to-air missiles that can take out Russian jets and could, in fact, be more effective than the MiG-29s, according to the Pentagon.
3: Is there still a concern, Joe, that more heavy weaponry could draw the U.S. and NATO more directly into the war? We saw that attack apparently uh, just yesterday in Lviv, very close
8: to the border of Poland. Only about 40 miles away. That's a big deal. That's been a base for refugees, for government officials, uh, and for news media. There were reporters all over Lviv uh, crossing back and forth. Of course, the president was along the border of Poland, not that far from there. And so, yes, there are a lot of concerns concerns about this widening sort of conflict here, and it was just on Sunday morning that Senator Chris Coons, the Democrat from Delaware, who now sits in the seat once held by Joe Biden, a very close ally to, to Biden and this White House, suggested openly on Sunday morning television that we start having the conversation about American ground troops potentially being in Ukraine. It's something that the president has drawn the line on, says he won't do it. But this conversation for being started by a Democrat is remarkable at this time with atrocities just building up on one on top of the other and, and horrifying images coming from Ukraine. The pressure on this White House when it comes to troops could escalate in the coming weeks.
3: And on the last minute we have here, Joe, speaking of pressure on the White House, it looks like it's buckled, perhaps, uh, on the mask mandate in yeah. the air.
8: How about it? This is uh, following, of course, the Supreme Court knocking down the Biden administration's uh, vax or mask mandate for the workplace. Uh, The CDC came out last night, said the mandate is is over. Before that, Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the DOJ was reviewing uh, reviewing the decision that there may or may not be a legal answer to this. She called it a disappointing decision, but it may be out of the hands of the White House now.
3: So is there a possibility in, the, in just the last couple of seconds yeah. here that there could be uh, yes. some pushback
8: from the White House? There absolutely is a possibility. Once we hear from the DOJ and they decide whether there's a legal uh, option here, uh, we'll know a little bit more about it. But this story could be over as of now. Once you once you put that mask mandate down, it's pretty hard to reinstate it, Nathan. A lot of people were cheering on flights last yeah. night, and some say they'll wear a mask no matter
3: what. That's kind of like trying to put a genie back in the bottle, right? That's right. Joe Matthew, host of Bloomberg Sound On here on Bloomberg Radio. We'll have much more on all these stories then. At 5 p.m. Wall Street time, you can catch Joe on Sound On, and we're going to be checking back with him uh, later on this morning on Bloomberg Daybreak. So stick around for that. S&P futures right now down 10 points. Dow futures down 45. NASDAQ futures down 64 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 10.30 seconds, the yield right now on the 10-year note, 2.89%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, flood watch till 8 a.m. It'll turn mostly sunny this afternoon, breezy with a high in the mid 50s, upper 50s, sunny tomorrow, mostly cloudy, low 60s on Thursday. Right now, rain and 45 degrees. It's 530 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager.
0: And I'm Karen Moscow, and we are just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We begin with the war in Ukraine, where Russia's military shelled southern and eastern Ukraine overnight. President Vladimir Zelensky says Moscow is focusing its efforts on conquering the eastern Donbass region.
7: Russian troops begun the battle for the Donbas for which they have been preparing for a long time. A significant part of the entire Russian army is now concentrated on this offensive.
0: Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky says his nation will continue to defend the region. U.S. President Joe Biden will hold a call with key allies Tuesday to discuss the war.
3: meantime, Karen, the U.S. is still expected to participate in a group of 20 meetings this week, even if Russia attends. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen had previously said the U.S. may boycott some meetings should Russia participate. But a senior Treasury official says Yellen does not want Russia to stop the U.S. and allies from the work it needs to do at the G20.
0: Well, amid fallout from the war, Nathan, World Bank chief economist Carmen Reinhart tells Bloomberg it's cutting its 2022 economic outlook. Will it be cut again? Certainly wouldn't rule it out. But the point I'm making is we are living a period Mm -hmm. of exceptional uncertainty. And World Bank Chief Economist Carmen Reinhart says it's lowering estimates for global growth from 4.1% in January to 3.2%.
3: Back here in the U.S., Karen, a judge has overturned the federal mandate for passengers to cover their faces on flights. And the five largest U.S. carriers say they have dropped mask mandates on domestic and some international flights.
0: Well, Nathan, moving to tech, new developments in Elon Musk's $43 billion pursuit of Twitter. We get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita.
1: Good morning, Karen. Bloomberg sources say Apollo Global Management is considering backing a potential deal for Twitter and could provide Elon Musk or another bidder like private equity firm Toma Bravo with equity or debt to support an offer. The participation could come in the form of credit or preferred equity. A filing from last week shows Morgan Stanley is advising Musk and his offer to take Twitter private and Twitter's enlisting the help of Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan Chase to respond to Musk's hostile bid live in New York I'm Renita Young Bloomberg Daybreak
0: Renita, thank you. Tech giant Netflix reports earnings today. Analysts will look at how a recent price increase and suspension of service in Russia impacts first quarter results. And futures are lower this morning. S&P futures down 12 points, Dow futures down 62. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg.
3: All right, Karen, thank you. It's 533 on Wall Street. We're at uh, 45 degrees in Central Park. And this flooding as the southbound Deegan closed between the cross Bronx through Yankee Stadium. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael.
4: Nathan, thank you very much. Will New York City bring back an indoor mask mandate like Philadelphia? COVID-19 case numbers are rising in Philly and other cities. Mayor Eric Adams says New York is not at the point of mandating right now.
5: We are encouraging New Yorkers, you know, wear the mask if you feel uncomfortable, if you don't know the status of a person's vaccine, if you have gatherings. So there is an encouragement we're putting out to New Yorkers. We're just not at the place of mandate right now.
4: Mayor Adams says hospitalizations and deaths are at a steady level in the city. U.S. Customs says the number of migrants attempting to cross the U.S.-Mexico border has surged in recent weeks. It comes as the U.S. prepares for even larger numbers with the expected lifting of a pandemic-era order that turned away asylum seekers. Authorities say there was a 34 percent increase in stopped migrants at the southwest border in March compared to the previous month. The U.S. won't test some anti-satellite weapons in space. The move comes after Moscow blew up a dead satellite last November with a ground-launched missile. Vice President Kamala Harris says that space debris could endanger the International Space Station or spacecraft.
1: This debris presents a risk to the safety of our astronauts, our satellites, and our growing commercial presence.
4: Vice President Harris says fast-moving debris like the size of a basketball could destroy a satellite. The fiance, of former President Donald Trump's eldest son, Kimberly Guilfoyle, is said to have met with a House committee yesterday investigating the U.S. Capitol riot. Lawmakers say she raised funds for the rally and was in direct contact with its key participants. A lawyer for recently resigned New York Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin told a Manhattan judge yesterday that he expects a lively challenge to corruption charges brought against Benjamin last week charges include bribery fraud and conspiracy global news 24 hours a day on air and on bloomberg quick take powered by more than 2700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries i'm michael barr this is bloomberg nathan
3: thank you michael 5.35 5.35 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashow.
5: Thanks, Nathan. After playing 10 straight days, perhaps a day off is what the Yankees needed. They're in Detroit tonight. They just had two losses to the lowly Orioles. In those losses, in 20 innings, they scored one run, struck out 23 times. The team batting average is under 230. Same problems as last year, the manager, Aaron
9: Boone. we got a few guys that are swinging it pretty well uh, and off to pretty good starts. Um But I'm going to bet on the track record of a few other guys that are going to, you know, have the kind of seasons we're used to, provided health. Uh, I believe that um, there's good reason to think that a couple guys that, um, you know, had down years maybe by their standards are and will. You know, kind of return to what we expect. Mets are seven and three. Giants are
5: seven and two. Doubleheader today and tonight at City Field, making up last night's rainout. NBA playoffs. Golden State's hopes rested in getting Steph Curry back from the injured foot that sidelined him the last month of the regular season. He's back. They're using him off the bench. So Curry only played twenty three minutes. He scored thirty four points. Warriors beat Denver by twenty. Lead the series 2 in Philadelphia, another easy win over Toronto. Dallas beat Utah Jalen Brunson, 41 points for the Mavs. That series tied at one. Three more game twos tonight. Nets-Celtics game two in Boston tomorrow. NHL Carolina won. So the Rangers need to beat Winnipeg tonight at the
3: Garden to get back into a tie for first in the Metropolitan Division. John Hour, Bloomberg Sports, Nathan. All right, John, thank you. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. The Supreme Court has declined to review a New York-led constitutional
2: challenge to the $10,000 cap on state and local tax deductions. The High Court issued an order Monday denying a request from New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Maryland to review a decision of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. Amazon.com workers at a facility in New Jersey have met the threshold to hold a union election. The development comes just weeks after employees at a Staten Island warehouse became the first to unionize in the company's U.S. history. Local 713 International Brotherhood of Trade Unions is hoping to unionize 200 workers at an Amazon facility in Bayonne, New Jersey. Meanwhile, some baristas in West Hartford, Connecticut, want to unionize the Corbin's Corner Starbucks. That would be the first Starbucks in Connecticut to unionize, and only one of a handful nationwide. That's your Bloomberg
3: Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thank you, Ed. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potus. And on 1010 Wins
5: in New York, we're talking about Abercrombie and Fitch starring as the latest corporate villain in a
8: Netflix
2: film.
0: I'm Courtney Donahoe on KTRH in Houston. More than half of college grads
1: don't work in the field they study.
2: I'm John Tucker for WBBM in Chicago. I'm reporting that fertilizer costs are threatening to make a food crisis even worse. I'm Ed Corey on WTAM in Cleveland. I'm reporting lawmakers are joining the Pentagon in pushing for trans dimes to pay millions in refunds for the cost of military spare parts.
3: And those are some of the stories our 2700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 5:39 on Wall Street.
6: The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion.
10: As IMF negotiators try to agree on a bailout for Sri Lanka this week, they'll no doubt push for economic reforms, but any such rescue will fail without political change. An earlier government, led by then-President Mahinda Rajapaksa, saddled Sri Lanka with unsustainable debts. When his brother, Gotabaya Rajapaksa, swept to power in 2019, he packed the government with cronies and relatives and made still more economic blunders. Now, with less than $2 billion in foreign exchange reserves left, the country is running out of money to pay for essential imports. Consumer prices rose nearly 19% in March from a year earlier, and protesters have filled the streets. The U.S., India, and other partners should ease Sri Lankans' pain with much-needed food aid, while pressing for political reforms. Sri Lankans shouldn't have to pay such a high price for their leaders' mistakes. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Opinion Editorial Board. I'm David Shipley. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com Opinion or OPI&Go on the Bloomberg Terminal.
3: This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And you can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPI&Go. S&P futures now down 11 points. Dow futures down 62. NASDAQ futures down 57 points. Ten-year treasury yield 2.89%. The yen at 128.40 against the dollar. We'll talk about the slide in the haven currency with Stephen Gallo. Of Bank of Montreal. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 11.30 weather flood watch till 8 a.m. It'll turn mostly sunny, mid 50s this afternoon, upper 50s, maybe 60 in the sunshine tomorrow, clouds and low 60s Thursday. Right now, rain and 45 degrees.
6: Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
0: And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks in Europe are moving lower. Bond yields are climbing as markets reopened after a holiday amid hawkish comments by Federal Reserve officials and Russia's renewed campaign in eastern Ukraine. U.S. stock index futures are moving lower, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures down 11 points this morning. Dow futures down 52. NASDAQ futures down 53. The DAX in Germany is down 1 percent. Ten-year Treasury down 930 seconds. Yield 2.88 percent. The yield on a two-year two point four five percent. Nymex crude oil is down one point seven percent at a dollar eighty-four at one hundred six dollars thirty-seven cents a barrel. Comex gold down a third of a percent or seven dollars twenty cents at nineteen seventy-nine ten an ounce. The euro one point oh eight oh six against the dollar. British pound one point three zero three seven. The yen at one twenty-eight point three six. And Bitcoin this morning is. Little changed at $40,660. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael.
4: Karen, thank you very much. Russia's military targeted regions in Ukraine south and east overnight for shelling. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says Moscow has begun a new campaign to conquer the Donbas area in the east of the country. The fiance of former President Donald Trump's eldest son, Kimberly Guilfoyle, met with the House Committee investigating the U.S. Capitol riot. An attorney representing Guilfoyle has previously stated that she has done nothing wrong. In MLB, the Red Sox lost. The A's beat the Orioles 5-1. In the NBA playoffs, the Warriors beat the Nuggets to lead the series now two games to zip. NHL, the Devils, and Capitals won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan.
3: Okay, Michael. Thank you. It is 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. We want to turn now to what's happening in currency markets. And the big mover this morning is the Japanese yen. That currency is weaker against the dollar for a 13th straight session, extending the longest losing streak for the yen in at least a half century. Joining us for more on this is Stephen Gallo, FX strategist at Bank of Montreal Capital Markets. Stephen, it's good to speak with you this morning. What's behind the short bets for the yen?
9: Well, I think there are a few factors uh, here. Um the short yen position in g ten has been the fX market's preferred short uh one reason for this is that uh, unlike Europe, event risk is pretty low um, the b o j basically gave the green light for a weaker uh, yen and its last policy decision um then you've got the flows picture, the combined current account and net, net fDI flows have generally been trending weaker. There also seem to be splits between the Ministry of Finance and the BOJ over which direction Um, So the FX market, I think, is feeding off this policy uncertainty. I think there is also uh, a segment of the market uh, that is uh, front-running potential yen weakness in anticipation of unhedged uh, flows from Japanese accounts into U.S. debt. Um, so far, we don't have clear evidence yet that this real flow from Japanese investors is showing up. The weekly data that we track released, um, on um, flow on on Japanese flows, um, it's generally shown Japanese investors as net sellers of foreign debt. Um, so we have to wait and see if that if that flow that per- perhaps portion of the Low to back up this move in the yen, but so far we don't have it. So what we've been saying is, like, we're we're a bit more skeptical, a bit more cautious about chasing the move. We prefer to be a buyer on uh, on dips in dollar-yen.
3: Apologies for the uh, quality of the line here. We'll hope to uh, keep connected with Stephen Gallo. But I uh, want to ask you, Stephen, about the uh, divergence potentially that we're seeing in central banks, the accommodation still, the Bank of Japan, and the policy tightening that we're anticipating from the Federal Reserve. And, of course, we got those comments yesterday from St. Louis President James Bullard saying you can't take a 75 basis point hike off the table. Could that be adding to this?
9: It It's possible. It, it, it the, the divergence theme is certainly something that has fed uh, a portion uh, of the the selling of the yen, uh, the accumulation of of short positions. Um. Of, in terms of what our U.S. Yeah,
3: um, unfortunately, is the uh, quality of the line is is just too difficult to uh, discern what we're hearing here from Stephen Gallo. But I uh, hope we can connect with you soon, Stephen. Great to get your insights, Stephen Gallo, with us this morning, FX strategist at Bank of Montreal Capital Markets, and uh, just looking at the yen against the dollar right now, Karen, it's uh, weaker by one point one percent on this session at one twenty-eight point three six. Uh, some analysts are thinking that uh, 130 against the dollar isn't out of the question.
0: All right, Nathan, it is 5.52 on Wall Street now. It's time for our Bloomberg Law Report. And we get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger.
3: The Biden administration is proposing that the Medicare agency pay acute care hospitals 3.2% more for inpatient services in fiscal 2023. The top Republican tax writers in Congress want the Treasury to explain how a news outlet got private tax information on some of the wealthiest Americans. The California attorney general announced a settlement for the city of Fontana, which was accused of violating the state's Environmental Quality Act. It's going to mean more pollution restrictions for warehouse projects. Bloomberg Law.
6: Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com.
0: All right, Jeff, thank you. Another legal story we're watching. Twitter has made a move to thwart Elon Musk's effort to take over the company. It's launched a poison pill defense. The move by the social media company's board would allow existing shareholders to buy more Twitter stock at a discount should anyone gain control of 15% of the company without the board's approval. For more, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to Elaine Capin, a partner at Farrell Fritz. How much of a deterrent is a poison pill?
7: In the history of poison pills, and this stretches back about 40 years, I'm only aware of one documented case in which someone deliberately cross the threshold without board approval, so it does serve as a deterrent. I will say that poison pills have fallen out of favor. It's received enormous criticism. The main criticisms of poison pills are that they entrench the board and management. They could prevent an offer at a premium. They could limit a stockholder's ability to increase his ownership as a means to influence or challenge management. That, by the way, could be what Musk either is planning on doing or what he may end up doing. You know, if he can't pull off an acquisition of the entire company, he would sort of be a player, perhaps not the largest stockholder, but currently he's the second largest stockholder. And with that position of influence, he can put pressure on management. The sense is that the greater ownership position he has, the greater influence he can exert on management. But if because of this plan, he will not be able to surpass that 15 percent threshold. And the criticism is that, you know, sometimes management needs that outside criticism.
1: So even though it's dangerous to try to
0: read into Elon Musk's tweets, let's try it. Over the weekend, he tweeted, love me tender, the Elvis Presley song. And people are looking at this as, oh, is he going to make a tender offer? So tell us what may be
1: the next phase here.
7: It's unclear that he'll be able to launch a tender offer, which is typically the next step. When an acquirer is trying to deal directly with the board and that offer is rejected, then the next step typically is to go straight to the shareholders and go hostile in the form of a tender offer. After Friday, with the adoption of the poison pill, it's unclear that he'd be able to do that. The announcement of a tender offer in and of itself would trigger the pill. So that's an avenue that has seemingly been cut off from Elon Musk. Now he could try and challenge the pill in court. He's not likely to succeed. He could also try to negotiate with the board. If he has the funding, then the board would be willing to negotiate with him. But presumably the Twitter board would want a a better price But that would contradict his earlier position that his offer was the best and final offer. So it's unclear that a negotiation with the board is something that would be productive here.
0: And that's Alon Capin, a partner at Farrell Fritz, speaking with Bloomberg's Joan Grosso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by listening to the Bloomberg Law Show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time or subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com. Nathan.
3: All right, Karen, thank you. It's 557 on Wall Street. We have some breaking news crossing the Bloomberg Terminal on the heels of the uh, Transportation Security Administration no longer enforcing the uh, mask mandate on public transportation. Uber says its riders and drivers in the U.S. will no longer be required to wear masks on rides either. Uh, That's according to an update on Uber's website. It says many people do still feel safer wearing masks because of personal or family health situations. So Uber says please be respectful of their preferences. And if you ever feel uncomfortable, you can always cancel the trip. But again, Uber says as of this morning, the mask policy for riders and drivers is no longer in effect for the ride sharing service. Right now, S&P futures are down 12 points. Dow futures down 64. NASDAQ futures down 58 points. The 10-year treasury is down 830 seconds with the yield 2.88%. Bloomberg Daybreak continues. This is Bloomberg.
1: It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare download it wherever you get your podcasts the countdown has begun from may 14th to 16th a thousand global leaders will gather in doha for the carter economic forum powered by bloomberg join heads of state influential ministers and leading ceos to make new connections gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions Request your invite for this exclusive event at Qatareconomicforum.com.